And it's hard when relationships are hard. It's hard to have a good life and bad relationships. They certainly go hand in hand. And uh, before we jump into uh, Proverbs, as we're thinking about uh, Happy Father's Day, by the way, um, it, it's nice to, to feel like I'm a good dad. That might be a desire of mine. And so I've, I've been learning from one good dad in particular. Um, maybe you can judge whether he's a good dad or not. He makes several posts. Um, and actually, his bent is, uh, he, he's at home taking care of the kids a lot. His wife might ask, how's it going? And so he'll show her a picture of the children, and uh, she can decide for herself. But like, okay, uh, and, and I should give as a caveat that uh, this guy is actually just really good with Photoshop and enjoys a good prank. So don't worry, no children were harmed in the photos you will see. But uh, he might reply to his wife and let her know, yeah, we're having a good time. We're just uh, going for a bike ride together. <laughs> and uh, after that, uh, we, we're having a good time because we're getting out together for a nice walk. In fact, we had the opportunity to visit the zoo together and see the giraffes. And if you can't see the little daughter up there, she, she got a ride as well. Uh, projects like cleaning the house together. Um, and some other house projects they'll work on together. And uh, maybe even a chance to cook together. Again, Dad's really good with Photoshop, and um, <laughs> so we'll just make sure that's, that's clear. Oh, but then he decided he needed a break from the kids as well, so just a, a, a moment to himself. Well, thinking about being a good dad, well, it takes a lot of hard work. It takes a lot of investment, engagement, involvement, but also it can be terrifying. How do I have the wisdom to do what's right? How do I pass along that wisdom to my children? And that's an element that we'll see repeatedly in Proverbs, that there's a parental wisdom being passed down. Solomon, as the wisest man who ever lived, speaking to his son, addressing him throughout but also, uh, in a sense, us receiving wisdom as children of God from our Heavenly Father. And uh, we need the parental wisdom of our God. We need to um, have that as perspective. So before we jump in, I'm just going to take a moment. Let's go ahead and open in prayer together. Father, I thank you for your word. And I'm humbled at the privilege of getting to look into it together, to study it together. And Lord, I pray that um, the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart would be acceptable in your sight. Uh, Lord, that we together would be challenged by your word, that we'd look into it as a mirror so that we could grow. Lord, that we would respond to your word, to make adequate decisions, to pursue the success that you have laid out before us. Success in life, but also success in relationships, that yes, there is a happiness available to us. And Lord, we want to understand what that is, and we want to understand how to get there. And we ask your help today, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. We are in Proverbs 3, and you might be familiar with um, kind of some hinge point verses in this, uh, very often quoted and uh, with good reason. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. The reminder of the need for wisdom, the reminder to look to God 
for direction. And as we're seeking, Lord, what would you have me to do? What is your will in my life? To remember that that also applies in the context of relationships to submit those to God, surrender to, okay, Lord, I have my own desires right now, my own feelings, and yet in order to thrive, to succeed in my relationships, and even to experience happiness according to your uh, blueprint, well, I want to trust you and not trust myself. And that goes against, again, the, the idea, the, the pattern of our culture. Follow your heart. And we want to be careful not to go down that. In fact, uh, it, Proverbs 2, which I'd encourage you to catch up on in the meantime, because that, again, highlights what we'll talk a bit about today, the value of wisdom. And there's that repetition throughout to emphasize the importance of wisdom. But it talks about the treasure of wisdom, the importance of receiving it. In uh, verse 15, he contrasts men whose paths are crooked and who are devious in their ways. Well, we don't want the crooked paths. We want the straight paths before us. And that doesn't mean that there aren't surprise turns, but that means that we're following how God lays down the path. So there, that, that's a, a more of a picture of the character on those paths, those crooked paths versus those straight paths, and how we would follow God's purpose. Well, um, as we get started, I want to first of all recognize that good relationships are an important part of success. What does it mean to be a good parent or a good child? What does it mean to be a good husband or wife, a good brother or sister? How can I be a good friend? How can I be a good neighbor? Well, in order to navigate, how can I relate well to others? And, and thinking in the terms of success that Proverbs is putting before us, and again, um, for example, Proverbs 3, verse 4, so you'll find favor and good success in the sight of God and man. So there's a, a success that we can enjoy, that we can achieve, and that we can live in the midst of. And that's what we want to aim for. We need to recognize we need God's wisdom to navigate decisions well in our relationships. I need to look to God and let him guide and direct me. I can't just go with the flow, uh, feel my way about, but God equips me with how to have success, how to enjoy happiness in my relationships. And I want to also, as we get into the book of Proverbs, just put a little perspective as you're reading through that. It's, it's not uh, fortune cookie um, ideas of like, okay, uh, here's a prediction of how your life will go. But it's also, we need to understand as we read through the book of Proverbs and we're thinking about the truth of God's word because we're told that uh, every word of God is true and we're told that, um, that, that it's sufficient, that it, it is perfect. But we need to understand as we read through Proverbs that Proverbs provides practical principles. They are general principles of wisdom. But what it is not is guaranteed promises of how the outcome will turn. For example, um, if you're reading and you're in Proverbs 15 and you see a soft answer, verse 1, Proverbs 15, 1, a soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. And you say, okay, that's, that's the word of God. That's a good principle to follow. But what that doesn't mean is that now I've done that and I, I'm in the middle of a conflict and I use a soft answer and someone's still angry at me, well, is God's word true? Well, yes, absolutely. These are general principles that guide how we live our lives. And it's not that, okay, this just fixes it, and this puts me right in the, in the path. But what it does is train me in character, um, help me to know what is, what is wise, what is practical, 
And, and it's, so it guides me in how to outwork the truth of God's word and not, not to guarantee outcomes. Another example, Proverbs 15, 18, a hot-tempered man stirs up strife, but he who is slow to anger quiets contention. Well, I might be slow to anger sometimes, and yet contention can still stir up. Proverbs 15, 22, without counsel plans fail, but with many advisors they succeed, and yet we can know how to get the right type of counselors to say what we want to hear, and just because we have a lot doesn't guarantee success. So there is, uh, again, some principles to keep in mind. What I'd like us to learn as we're looking today is that practicing God's wisdom cultivates happy relationships. The practice, the doing, as we follow God's paths, as we apply His Word, as we live it out in our lives, practicing God's wisdom cultivates happy relationships. Again, this doesn't guarantee that you won't have conflicts along the way, there won't be struggle, some unhappiness, but there's a general overriding principle of here's how to live a happy life in the context of your relationships as you follow God's Word and put it to work in your lives. And first, what I'd like us to see as we're looking here is that we need to bow our hearts to the Lord. It's in the context of our relationship with God first and foremost. Why don't you follow along? I'm going to read the first 12 verses of Proverbs 3. He writes, My son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments. For length of days and years of life and peace they will add to you. Let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. So you will find favor and good success in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord. And turn away from evil. It will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your produce. Then your barns will be filled with plenty, and your vats will be bursting with wine. My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline or be weary of his reproof, for the Lord reproves him whom he loves as a father, the son in whom he delights." Well, as we read through this section here, there, this comes out, and, and actually you see kind of the, the format here. It's several couplets moving through these six couplets here, these 12 verses, and, and you see a pattern of you need to remember, you need to live it out in your life, and there'll be a blessing. And it kind of might reverse back and forth between live it out and remember this truth, and here's what you can expect. Uh, for example, verse 1, my son, do not forget my teaching. There's the call to remember, but let your heart keep my commandments. Um, uh, so, so do it. And then verse 2, here's the blessing you can expect. For length of days and years of life and peace, they will add to you. And we have an emphasis on the heart. Verse 1, verse 3, verse 5, let your heart keep my commandments. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. I need to ask the question, I invite you to examine yourself, is your heart turned toward God's truth, or is it turned toward your own plans, your own understanding, your own way, the way you are seeking to follow, you want to go down that path, and you're determined, 
going to make it work out. There's a reason I need to go this way for my own uh, desires, my own pursuits. I want to be myself. And there's a danger. We talked about that last week. And, and, and we're, we're warned again here. Don't lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. Don't be wise in your own eyes. So caution. But we need to, we must train our hearts to remember and apply God's word, that emphasis on, on remember and live it out so that we can experience what God would do in and through us. Again, these aren't guaranteed outcomes. I go down to verse 10, 9 and 10, if I honor the Lord my wealth, then I'm going to get rich. Well, there's a general principle behind that, but if, it, if you're simply aiming at a get rich plan, you're missing the heart behind it. And, and uh, again, this isn't to, okay, check the box and get to the, the guaranteed outcome. But what we do want to learn here is, is how to pattern ourselves. And looking at the first four ex- verses, for example, we'd see that living out God's word grows a desirable character in us. There's a way to live, and what God's doing is growing fruit in my life, how he, ought to, how he wants to train me in character. Don't forget my teaching. Let your heart keep my commandments. Don't let, and, and what will happen? Don't let steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you. Write them, on the, the tablet, uh, write, write them on the tablet of your heart, bind them around your neck, that this is, this is going to shape, this is going to define who you are. It's producing, this is what it ought to bring out inside of you. Steadfast love, a faithfulness, that this is, verse 4, this is what gives me a good reputation before God and before others to have that seen in my life. And then, uh, again, th- focused on our relationship with God, what we can see out of that is we can draw near to God in a growing relationship with Him, that God is helping us to know Him more, to love Him more, to follow Him more closely, to, to bend my heart before Him. And, and so you see that response to the, the repeated use of the Lord's name here and, and that interaction with Him, the need to, in, in verse uh, five, to trust the Lord, that, that emphasis on trusting him, first of all, that in my relationship with him, I know that he's good. I know that um, even when things are hard, I can follow after him because he's doing something. He's at work. I, I believe in, in his character, and I believe that his way is best to, to lean in with that kind of trust the same way a child learns to, to trust his parents. To, okay, uh, I want to stay close to my mom and dad. I I feel a safety with them. Not only trusting, though, but the idea of fearing the Lord, a a re-emphasis of what we saw in Proverbs 1-7, but the the know, the relationship with God that has an awe of how great and awesome he is, that reverences him, that respects him with my life, and and has a a healthy fear. This is the God who's sovereign over all the earth, and if he wanted to, he could wipe me out, and yet he's good, and he's growing fruit in my life. He's provided a savior. He's poured out his wrath on him in my place, but that healthy fear, fear the Lord. Not only that, but to honor the Lord. So continuing verse verse 7, or verse 9, honor the Lord with, with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your produce, that um, the way I do that with the stuff I have, my, my money, my assets, to say, okay, God, I'm going to recognize that it's all from you. I'm going to give you the glory. I'm going to respect you with my life. I'm going to give back because that's a healthy pattern of, of 
trusting and loving him, to, to draw near to him. And not only that, verse 11, to cherish the Lord's discipline. And uh, as a parent, we, we know the difficulty of disciplining our kids as, as a child. We know the difficulty of receiving discipline, and it doesn't look the same as um, in our lives all the time, like, okay, I did something wrong, and, and now I'm going to get it. But at the same time, it's the, the, how God is at work in my life. My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline or be weary of his reproof. He'll send correction in different ways. He'll use people to speak up. He'll, he used the Holy Spirit to prompt me with guilt and let me know I shouldn't have done that. I'm not happy about that. I, that didn't accomplish the happiness that I might have hoped by getting my own way, but I've hurt people in the process or I've done wrong. And let God use that. And, and even not, not just to hate it, hate God when you do that. No, to cherish it. Like, Lord, speak to me and use me and, and, and change me. I want your work in my life. Well, uh, that's a big part of happy relationships is lived in response to God, a close relationship with God, first and foremost, bowing our heart to Him. But second, uh, practicing God's wisdom cultivates happy relationships as we pursue the riches of wisdom. And, and that's an important part, again, that will be emphasized throughout. Follow what God has to say to us. Trust His Word. Put it to work in our lives. Follow along with me as I continue in Proverbs 3, verses 13 through 20. Blessed is the one who finds wisdom and the one who gets understanding. For the gain from her is better than gain from silver and her profit better than gold. She is more precious than jewels and nothing you desire can compare with her. Long life is in her right hand. In her left hand are riches and honor. Her ways are ways of pleasantness and all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to those who lay hold of her. Those who hold her fast are called blessed. The Lord, by wisdom, founded the earth. By understanding, he established the heavens. By his knowledge, the deeps broke open, and the clouds dropped down the dew. As we look in here, this again, this uh, emphasis again on the need for wisdom, the blessing of wisdom, and how valuable it is in our lives. Let me ask you to reflect. What riches... Are you chasing with your life? What are you after? What are you seeking to lay hold of? What matters most to you? In your eyes, what have you defined as valuable? The best thing for me, what I need, what I can't live without. Looking back uh, this week with our family and enjoying some videos of the kids, uh, some memories, and uh, our, our one-year-old uh, one who is kind of new at walking, and I'm driving one of those RC cars, and he's, get it. And, and so it goes this way, and he, he's just about to pick it up, and then there, off it goes. And he's just having a good time, like, I'm going to get that, I'm going to get that. Reminds me of uh, other times, a uh, little laser pointer on the floor, and they're chasing it around the room. The, the intent, like, I'm going to get that, I want that, I'm intrigued by that, and I've lost focus on everything else because I want to lay hold of it. And that's an idea communicated here. Blessed are the one who finds wisdom, who gets understanding, um, trying to seek it, to find, to get, to gain, to lay hold of. There's a desire for it. 
But uh, the, the value communicated here in this as well, um, to see blessed is the one. And, and that uh, also carries the notion of happiness there, that there's a, a, a special place of God's favor that gives happiness if you can find, not wealth, wisdom. And again, this isn't just about what I know. We can maybe um, lose sight of what is the emphasis of wisdom, but we need to see wisdom from the perspective of knowing the Lord and following Him, to trust Him, to do what He wants, that it's lived in a context of relationship with God. And, and there's nothing better than that is what he says here, that it's uh, blessed that there's gain from it, that there's, uh, for verse 14, for the gain from her is better than gain from silver, her profit better than gold. And see that comparison, silver, gold, that, um, jewels, nothing you desire can compare with her. It's above all else, precious. And think about that. Because we have a lot of desires in life. And I can have a hard time when I don't get what I want. And how am I going to lay hold of it? And I hope, as I reflect on that, that each one of us would say, I'm going to stop at nothing, not to lay hold of any desires I have, but to lay hold of that which God would do in my life. Lay hold of what he's doing in me. To lay hold of knowing him more. To lay hold of obeying him with my life. To lay hold of the joy of serving him. That's where the wisdom is. But we also need to recognize, again, we said this last week, wisdom is a pursuit. It's not a destination. I like to feel like I finally made it. But the closer I get, Sometimes I feel like the farther away I am, just like our child trying to grab the car and off it goes. But to think that we've arrived, we need to remember, again, we looked at last week, we'll see throughout Proverbs, the, the wise, the simple, the fool, the scoffer, that uh, the wise, the, ver, Proverbs 1, verse uh, 5, let the wise hear and increase in learning. The wise needs to keep learning. And the simple um, needs, needs to gain prudence that he's inexperienced, he's a youthful, um, but needs to grow across the board. But, but let me not be a fool and reject wisdom, and let me not uh, be a scoffer who laughs at it and tries to bring others down with me. But, no, let us keep moving in the direction of wisdom. And what we see here is that happiness and peace accompany God's wisdom. Opening and closing with that idea of blessing, verse 13, blessed is the one who finds wisdom. Verse 18, she's a tree of life to those who lay hold of her. Those who hold her fast are called blessed. To, to be in that place where I'm living it out and, and readily applying God's wisdom, God's truth in my life, that there's, there's a happiness to that. And even as he says here in verse 17, her ways are ways of pleasantness. All her paths are peace. Now, we do need perspective, that uh, there, there's a peace that results from following God, but it doesn't mean there's no problems in my relationships. It doesn't mean everything goes just right according to my way, but it does mean that the bumps along the road, God's got them taken care of. And if I keep yielding myself to him, where 
we see this all the time. I'd say it was just my kids, but get into these ruts and relationships too. Okay, something goes wrong, and now we're bantering about whose fault it is or, or some way of trying to fix it. No, in the midst of that, to, to say, okay, I'm going to yield my heart to continuing to trust God, to honor Him, to uphold my character. I'm not going to let steadfast love and faithfulness forsake me in the midst of that. God, in the midst of this bump, I'm going to find the peace and happiness of still following you, even though I'm in the midst of a hard uh, conflict in those relationships, but it cultivates those happy relationships. It's a training that patterns me to move in that direction. And God does some great things. We need to understand though, that we're following the right happiness, the right peace, what God prescribes. And then he goes on, verse 19 20, as a picture of the ultimate wisdom. Don't, don't disregard wisdom. The creator God, we're told, the creator God knows us. And we can know him and share in his wisdom. This is the Lord by wisdom founded the earth. By understanding, he established the heavens. By his knowledge, the deeps broke open. The clouds dropped down the dew. But yet, he's not a God just far away, unknowable. But he's an all-wise God, all-powerful God, and we can know him. And that's why to draw near to him, trusting him, fearing him, honoring him. And even that he would take the time to discipline us, to train us. In wisdom, there's a value to that. Last, as we're thinking on practicing God's wisdom in order to cultivate happy relationships, we need to choose the good of our neighbors. It's a, a, a self-focused world, and yet to turn our eye to the others around us and want their good above mine and choose their good I think that's incredibly important. Follow along as I read, uh, continuing verse 21 through 32. My son, do not lose sight of these. Keep sound wisdom and discretion, and they will be life for your soul and adornment for your neck. Then you will walk on your way securely, and your foot will not stumble. If you lie down, you will not be afraid. When you lie down, your sleep will be sweet. Do not be afraid of sudden terror or the ruin of the wicked when it comes, for the Lord will be your confidence and will keep your foot from being caught. Do not withhold good from those to whom it is due when it is in your power to do it. Do not say to your neighbor, go, come again. Tomorrow I will give it to you when you have it with you. Do not plan evil against your neighbor who dwells trustingly beside you. Do not contend with a man for no reason. When he has done you no harm. Do not envy a man of violence, and do not choose any of his ways. For the devious person is abomination to the Lord, but the upright are in his confidence. We want to choose the good of your neighbor. Let me ask how do you guard your relationships well? How do you protect? How do you work so that you can actually have good? relationships. Well, just looking through this section of verses here, in 12 verses, we see eight times, don't, do not do this, don't do this, don't let this happen, all of this. There's a lot of warnings. And what I see here is actually there's a lot of ways to offend. There's a lot of ways to mess up a relationship, and these are just a a select few But what this doesn't mean is that we need to be weary of 
all kinds of sensitivities and walk on eggshells in every relationship. I don't want to upset anybody. I'm afraid that I'm going to mess up somehow. Instead, there, there's a recognition of the need for caution, and yet still we, we have here in verse 23 the idea that you can walk on your way securely. Your foot will not stumble. There, there's a certain security. We're not needing to just be all in worry all the time. But we do need to work to guard our relationships. Again, we talked about the importance of decisions, that um, decisions matter. Decisions have consequences. Decisions impact others, and so decisions impact relationships. I need to make my decisions well, and I need to make my decisions informed by the Word of God, His wisdom. What am I going to do? How am I going to conduct myself, and how am I going to respond in the midst of all these different circumstances that I face. Well, we want to love God and love others well, and we kind of see that emphasized here throughout this, this chapter, the, the relationship with God, the relationship with others. Well, to effectively love God and love our neighbors well, we need to know and we need to do God's teaching, to know it and to apply it, to know it and to live it, to be doers. And so he, he talks about some practical ways that we can care for others, some practical ways that we can respond when our neighbor comes, or a neighbor being maybe our literal next-door neighbor, neighbor maybe being the people who live in your house, neighbor being someone else you might encounter along the way who is near to you in that moment. And yet God calls us to love our neighbor as ourselves. And we need to choose their good in wisdom. But what we learn is that a confident, secure relationship with God empowers a bold love for our neighbors. It says, again, back to 21, don't lose sight of these. Keep sound wisdom discretion. There'll be life for your soul, adornment for your neck. You can walk on your way securely. Your foot will not stumble being able to lie down and not be afraid, have sweet sleep, that, that security and confidence that trusts God enough to say, well, I don't need to fight to defend my reputation. I don't have to fight to get what I want. I don't have to be at unease over my way or my frustrations with people. I can leave it to God because I know he's got me taken care of. It says, verse 26, the Lord will be your confidence. He'll keep your foot from being caught. Verse 32, the upright are in his confidence. The security in him enables us to say, okay, this might be hard. This might be costly to me. It might be inconvenient wherever I am in that spectrum, and yet I'm going to step out in faith and trust him and obey him and do good for my neighbor. And so it's important that we put on these types of attitudes. First of all, the the attitude of benevolence, um, don't withhold from those to whom it's due, to, to want to do good to them, to have that general disposition. Uh, the attitude of generosity, verse 28, don't say to your neighbor, go, come again tomorrow, I'll give it to you, when you have it with you. I'm willing to give. The attitude of goodwill, verse 29, don't plan evil against your neighbor who dwells trustingly beside you. The attitude of, of peace, do not contend with a man for no reason when he has done you no harm. No, I want to make peace with people. And the attitude of contentment, verse 31, uh, don't envy a man of violence and don't choose any of his ways. No, I, I'm all right to head down my path and follow the Lord and, and not, not to 
have selfish gain and, and that that would start to appeal to me and now I'm take, misstepping from the path, but that I have the attitude that I, want, I love God, I'm confident and secure in his way, and I want the good of my neighbor. So let us practice God's wisdom because it cultivates happy relationships. We can learn how to dwell in, in uh, happiness with one another, to work through, the, again, conflicts along the way, but trusting him, seeing how he works, letting him uh, shape and guide us. And yet, um, I need to do the hard work. My heart how am I responding to the Lord? Bow my heart before him, one of worship, one of honor, one of surrender, to treasure wisdom, that I want to lay hold of it, that I'm going to do the hard work of pursuing it in my life, to know what does God's word say, to know how can I recall it, not forget about it, but to, to uh, do not forget his teaching, but to let my heart keep his commands. And don't let that character forsake me. And finally, to choose good, choose good for others, to keep um, them in mind and to care for them. Then he closes with these three verses, verse 33 through 35. The Lord's curse is on the house of the wicked, but he blesses the dwelling of the righteous. Toward the scorners he is scornful, but to the humble he gives favor. The wise will inherit honor, but fools get disgrace. See, there's, he mentions the blessings again. Blessings are dwelling in God's pattern, the pattern of righteousness and wisdom. We can go back and, and again, I would encourage you to read through verses 1 through 12 again see some of those blessings that he mentions along the way of how you cultivate uh, a certain attitude, a certain uh, obedience, and what the response will be and what you can enjoy. But also to put in perspective that, as he says here in these closing verses, I have a choice. Between God's blessing or God's curse, verse 33. Between God's favor or God's scorn, verse 34. Between God's honor and God's disgrace, verse 35. What about you? You desire happy relationships. How are you going to get there? Don't trust in your own ways. Don't lean on your own understanding. Don't be wise in your own ways, in your own eyes, but trust in the Lord with all your heart. In all your ways, acknowledge him. Live in relationship with him. Know that he's there. He's watching. He cares, and his wisdom is far above ours, and he will make straight your paths. Let's pray. Father, I do thank you for your word. I thank you for equipping us with a knowledge of you, an understanding of the hope that you've given, that we can have a firm confidence. Lord, I thank you for our Savior, Jesus Christ, that he is the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through him. And Lord, that's a reminder in and of itself that I can't go my own way. I can't rely on myself. I can't trust my own understanding to see that I fall short. I need a Savior, I need a guide, I need help, and Lord, you give it. You are interested in us, and you've made a way through your Son, and you've made wisdom known through your Word. 
Lord, help us to follow after you. Help us to trust in your all-sufficient word. And I pray that even this week, that you would help us to put it into practice, that you would stop us in our tracks when we begin to act selfishly, when we begin to act foolishly, that we would see the need for wisdom and that we would want to receive it, that we would have humble hearts that would say, I'm not going to continue down this path, but that we would confess, forsake our sin, and head down the path of wisdom that honors, trusts, and follows you. Lord, we can't do it without your help, but we thank you that you are near and that you care and that you've made a way in Christ and revealed yourself through your word. We pray in Jesus' name, amen.